0: Welcome. My name is Eddie Arrieta. This is Fulfilling Work Life. We intend to talk to leaders, professionals, remoters, human beings from all around the world who share with us their knowledge. Join me in this daily journey. And we are live welcome Um, rodina thank you so much for the patience thank you so much for joining us thank you everyone uh for being very patient today we had some issues i i had accidentally removed rodina and we're gonna have to send zoom a um a request they should have like a removed uh like bar somewhere so that you can like unremove people very easily it's like now i have to go to settings send an email send copy of your passport and whatnot we're ready uh yeah once again thank you so much for joining us um you're Pleasure. all the way up there in dublin how 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 did you get to dublin
1: Yes. Uh, well, to be honest, it wasn't part of my plans whatsoever. Um, when, so I'm originally from Bulgaria, a small country in the Balkans, Eastern Europe, um, on the borders with Turkey, Greece, Romania, Macedonia. So hopefully you have an idea more or less. Um, and I've always wanted to live abroad. Always, always, always. And I was accepted in a UK university. Then I I got a job in Dubai, but fate brought me to Ireland. So I always thought I wanna live on an island, ideally a warm one. So I got one of these two things. And uh, my partner at the time, he got a job at Google. So I kind of followed. And my first impressions of Ireland were, uh, was uh, okay, so many greenfields, loads of sheep, and where are the skyscrapers? I really thought that Dublin would be like second London, you know, Um, so I I had quite big expectations and I arrived in January, so it was super cold, I, I didn't know anyone, so it was just me and my boyfriend, so pretty much six months of depression.
0: and that's and that's and that's very nice i i i i don't know if you probably don't know this of course uh but i went to school in uh, uh, south wales in a small town called lantwick major uh, it's probably oh gosh, an hour away oh. from cardiff um and i did have um a lot of classmates that that were from britain and one of my what well, my roommate uh, uh uh one of my best friends uh, uh he is uh rudy vesper Uh, He's a a biologist and now, of course, a PhD, but um, he is from a small town in Scotland called Pitluckery. And uh, this, well, he's not from Pitluckery, but we were in Pitluckery at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, it it was, it was really amazing. Like the green fields, like that's something that you can see everywhere. And like the weather is for, for how cold it can get the weather is like surprisingly stable (laughs) like you're not gonna get any tornadoes in there you're not gonna get any like super crazy like electric storms is like as stable as it can get all throughout the year um right
1: (laughs) yes although we actually get a lot of sunny days now and i'm super happy because there are no tornadoes no option for tsunamis no volcanoes no earthquakes basically nothing except the wind and rain. So you can't really complain. Whoever says Ireland has bad weather. No, they haven't lived in other countries where you get basically shakes every month. So I'm happy with that.
0: Great. And, and thank you so much. I'm going to give a, a quick shout out to all of the you, you guys that are joining us today. Arsen, Bradley, Diana, Henry, uh, Jared, jose uh, ben, uh, ken kesha loreto mev uh, robert uh, and walter and of course uh, everyone that's joining us uh, on face on youtube today uh facebook nice. uh, we will post it later uh of course some of you that will be listening to this on the podcast uh, thank you so much for listening remember if you have any questions please put them in the q a section in here put them in the comments uh Try to yep. follow us. We are totally to try to follow Radina. We're going to get right into it. Um, Radina, uh, looking into your profile, I, I thought it was very interesting. Um, when I was in school, there was this, and, and I'm talking 15 years ago, right? Uh, uh, <laughs> when I was in school, um, there was this big idea about, uh, you know, cross-cultural, like, communities, cross-cultural understanding, global citizenship, and it seemed that that would be the future, and it seemed that it was going to be so easy to do. All we had to do was to put people together in one room, and that was it. That's all you needed to do. Um, You've been working with cross-cultural teams uh, around the world. You've helped specifically with this. Could you tell us about your experience? If someone in the audience, you know, would want to work with something like this, what does it feel like to work with these sort of teams uh, uh, in what you do today?
1: And thank you so much for a really cool question. Um, Now, I have to start with a bit of background. I'm a psychologist, and for me, my, one of my main drives in work and in, in relationships overall has been, I want to help people and I want to understand them. I want to help them be better in what they're doing. And uh, the HR world kind of resonated with me. So I, I thought the talent acquisition in particular, the recruitment field is something that is very dynamic because HR can be a bit mundane, particularly in certain types of companies. But being within the talent acquisition structure means that you're the gatekeeper and you get exactly this exposure to interact with a number of very different people across the globe. Um, I was pretty fortunate even from my first job back in Bulgaria to work in executive search where you still speak with quite international high level professionals and then both at LinkedIn and Airbnb to work with teams from four, actually five, five different continents. And that was mind blowing. Uh, now, I had natural curiosity towards um, different cultures because of my background, uh, the the psychologist in me, um, but I'm also an expat here for over seven years. And for me, when I started working in a large company like LinkedIn, that was one of my goals. I wanted to get to know the cultures. I wanted to understand what makes us different, what unites us and what makes us stick so that I'm more successful in my role i don't see myself as um, facilitating the company i see me in between the candidates and the employers and even now as my own practice i do exactly the same just on a different angle and um, so for those of you who are exposed right now because we all work remotely um, it's a bit different it's a bit asynchronous Um, it's complicated because let's say people in Eastern Europe react in a different way than let's say people in the North or people in the South or people from um, South America to people that are in Europe. Now, I am not a fan of labeling and that's not the point of the game. But in order for you to have certain level of self-awareness and to be able to understand, okay, what are my biases? What is my style? What is your style? You need to do research. You need to ask questions. You need to be open-minded to understand. And it's normal to say, okay, based on my experience, when I interact with people from the South and from Eastern Europe, we're pretty similar when it comes to expressing ourselves emotionally. Okay? I'm not putting labels. I'm just saying based on my, my work with these people. People from the North, let's say the Nordics in Europe, they tend to be slightly more reserved. People in Japan, the same way because this is related to their culture to their uh, traditions um, so it's it's incredibly fascinating but be very open-minded in open-minded in regards to how you position people it's not you versus me but we are all in this together however what do you bring what do I bring and how we can learn from each other I think that's that's the biggest advice I can give someone
0: and I would say it's 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 interesting as well to understand that. Um, human beings we do, we do change over time we are transformed by our context and we are transformed by our understanding of the world that's around us and and I think I think the biggest mistake a professional can make today and and I say this because a lot of the people that, that listen to to this and, and a lot of you guys that you know are with us every day they, they are looking for ways to get a better job they are looking for ways to find their work fulfilling they are looking for ways to say I'm doing what what I'm passionate about and sometimes we we limit ourselves by saying yes. oh you, you know I'm I'm Colombian so this is the way I do things or um Absolutely. this company is from Japan so there is no way they will appreciate what I bring to the table and it it is not necessarily like that uh, from from your experience um, what do you think cultural diversity brings to the table for for team's productivity and for team's effectiveness
1: now, yeah, and, and that's a topic that we've had before because um, let's say five, six years ago when the whole um, terminology behind diversity, inclusion, and belonging came and became super popular. We actually called it deep spec at LinkedIn, diversity, inclusion, belonging. Um, people were talking a lot about the the gender options. So male versus female, ratio, committing to 50-50, I don't like this game of numbers. For me, when we speak about any kind of diversity, any kind of inclusion or belonging, it is multifactorial. It's not just, uh, we're coming from different culture, hence why, as you said it yourself, Colombian are always this, or Japanese people are always this. Uh, in, in my opinion, and what I have seen in regards, particularly about cultural diversity, standpoint, communication style, Ideation creativity and all of these are soft skills, right? It's not something that um, You know, you can you can go you can certify yourself and tomorrow you are uh, fluent in 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 Japanese, right? It's it's much more complex than that Um, And when when you're open to see how different cultures perceive information how they communicate with one another That can bring your company to a whole different level. Uh, You might be much more prepared And now, of course, we're going to talk about COVID. I'm sure that this is going to happen at some point. And no one could have predicted that. However, um, if you have people with different mindsets, people who are, let's say, more critical, like Eastern Europeans, you might be able to um, eliminate or at least minimize a lot of risks for your company. It could be on the product side, on sales and marketing. It could be even HR and recruitment. So I do see... Loads of small and and probably bigger benefits over time. Um, I know it's difficult and I know it's not something that is taught at schools. It's not taught when you start in a company, there is no kind of part of the onboarding, hey, we have 15 coaches here, let us teach you how to be more effective. Mm -mm. Unfortunately, that doesn't exist yet, but I think it should.
0: and Rodina we have we have a very interesting question because you just, just open up the door about covid-19 so nice. I, think, I think people want to know your uh, expertise uh, and what you think what do you think about the future of the planet after covid-19
1: well i actually read something recently about um this big hole um above the antarctic that all of a sudden it was completely filled. Like there, there was no sign that there was ever a hole in our um, in our atmosphere, uh, which, which people and, and obviously researchers and scientists know much better than I do. They were saying that actually COVID has little to do with that. However, there are already significant um, um, evidences that pollution is reduced a lot. Um, nature when it comes to bees, particularly, I'm, I'm interested in bees overall, um, but a lot of the animals are already experiencing to a certain extent the fact that humans are not there to intervene with their normal life. I don't know how to express that in a normal way. And sorry, sometimes I'm I'm very green in talking about politics or, or things that are happening around the world. I do have general knowledge, but certain stuff are challenging. Um, now, In my opinion, when it comes to uh, how the world will change, I do hope, I really, really do hope that people will be a bit more mindful of how they spend their time, how they spend their resources, and hopefully on a government and on a a larger economic scale, um, countries will revise a lot about their policies, a lot about what they have been doing wrong and how Incredibly unprepared we were for this, um, this massive hit. And it's not about. I, I saw actually something funny, and I don't know how people feel about that. But there was a man, one of probably one thousand different men, that um, you know we have been paying s- such amount of money, like huge amount of salaries, to football players and now researchers are saying well why don't you ask ronaldo to fix your healthcare problem right so as much as that is funny i think that's a very sad truth um that certain types of industry certain people are paid quite a lot of money versus the people that actually can save lives yeah so that's my opinion uh yeah eastern (laughs) europeans straight to the point (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> and uh, and, that, and that's and that's amazing thank you so much for for sharing I, I I am interested in in what's gonna happen to the world uh, in the next few years uh, and I'm interested in what will happen because th- there are certain things that you know don't seem to make sense like what you're mentioning uh, some salaries uh, for certain industries as compared to other industries as well as uh, you know the way in which we've treated talent. Across yeah. the world, um, I think what people have started to notice is that, um, it regardless of where they are at, the they can bring something to the table, and that's why I keep coming back to this point of it doesn't matter where you are located today what you need to understand is what can you do with that specific background that you have uh, and Rodina I, I wanted to ask you this because you are in Ireland and, and I also studied abroad I, I did some work abroad and I came back to Colombia because I, I just love being around <laughs> in my country I, just, I don't even live in my hometown but, but I love being around this country and you know I've visited places in the world that I love that I would love to get back to uh, and maybe not work but just visit and show my family but i do understand what it feels like to be outside what is it like for you to work from uh, Dublin? doubling what are some of the challenges that you have faced uh, while you've been working there
1: mm. well the first one and that was the the most evident one was the weather the weather change and uh the fact that the winter here coming from a country where you have four seasons and Again, as a psychologist, I do believe that weather does impact our mood. It does impact our state of mind, our thoughts, um, and so on. So coming here in the winter, winter is very rainy and very dull. So you don't get the peace and quiet that uh, snow provides, that beauty of, of the white picture around you. Everything is just wet. And that was the first thing that impacted my mood because that lasted for five months. It's not like two, three months. Five months of constant rain. The next thing was, of course, the culture. Absolutely, absolutely. And and how people behave overall. Um, Irish people are incredibly positive, welcoming. Um, they like to have fun. They love um, the human interaction. They're very social creatures. They're very typical extroverts. To be honest, like that's my again my subjective impression. And. I'm coming from quite a different type of country where n- unfortunately negativism prevails. Uh, I'm critical and here basically you are, you are in, in a crowded bus, absolutely jam-packed bus. Someone accidentally, uh, accidentally bumps into you um, or, or you bump into them and they tell you sorry. They apologize for, for the fact that you bumped into them, which is crazy. In my country, probably that will bring to like fist fight <laughs> or something like that. I did struggle though. I did really, really struggle because there is a perception that people are, people unite a lot around alcohol and that's something that they embrace. That's just something that they enjoy doing and nothing against that habit. But for me, that was very, very different and difficult to adjust. Um, I was fortunate again to work in a large company where everyone can be Whoever they want to be, and you're celebrated for the fact that you're different. Um, but it took me a solid one year to adjust to the Irish lifestyle. Now I'm, my heart is Irish,
0: and that's why you're wearing green today. Um, that's why
1: I'm wearing green. Yes, I'm representing. Yeah,
0: that that makes that makes that makes <laughs> a lot of sense. Uh, uh, I I would say that that when you spend enough time in a country, you almost start like thinking the way. People think you start behaving in certain manners the way they behave. Uh, that doesn't yeah. that doesn't mean you need to sacrifice who you who you are or who you think Absolutely. you are. Um, and, and I know you are a psychologist, so so probably this 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 is something that's very uh, um, you know. Unique when you talk to people, I, 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 always get this sense that psychologists are always like evaluating how you think and like what you're taking, right? but I, it's probably not, it comes like, like second nature for you later. Uh, and I think this would be very valuable for the people that are listening to this. Um, a lot of, a lot of them uh, have expressed in this, in this forum that they would like to work on another country but they are not in that country. So you have adjusted because you are there. Yeah. But when you are working remote and when we're working remote, then it becomes different, right? Because let's say you want to work for a company in Germany and most mm-hmm. of the people there are Germans. And then you mm-hmm. are, let's say, Egypt, because that's it's exactly what Mohammed was looking for a few days ago. And you are in yeah. Egypt. What considerations would you personally have to to make to, to make the, the right steps towards adjusting to, to a different culture when you are working remotely and you don't have the chance to talk to people, to feel the culture, to eat the food, mm. to feel the weather. Like you are almost in a different wavelength. Like how, how could you help navigate that?
1: Mm, yeah, and I think that's a struggle that a lot of us experience now in the remote reality exactly because you can't touch, you can't feel, you can't have your, all your senses into that activity um again one thing and i'm I'm actually working now with a with a remote startup and every single person there are only five but every single person is coming from completely different country so they have nothing in common except of the fact that they're working for this remote company that's the only thing that is common and it's actually very interesting i'm trying to facilitate that learning curve um, and it's one thing when you're in the company and you're trying to boost that level of inclusion throughout different activities. But what, what I also would encourage every single person that is thinking about going remote, working for a company that is different in terms of nationality uh, and belonging, is you have to be proactive. You have to. If you sit there and you wait for the company to do you know, everything for you to facilitate that whole journey, it's really one-sided and that's not fair. Now, if you want to feel happy in your job, the most important thing is in the end of the day to do your best to understand, okay, what are the cultural habits? What do people like? What do people enjoy? Ask questions. There is nothing embarrassing, nor people would say, no, I don't want to be bothered. Ask questions ask your fellow um, um, teammates what makes you click what do you like about living in, in Germany or whatever country it doesn't really matter at this stage what are the stuff that you enjoy what are the things that you struggle with what would you give us an advice to someone if I was to come tomorrow and live in this country what would be your advice as a native from let's say Berlin or from Sofia where I'm from um, ask people questions Um, And I'm sure that at some point you figure it out in your head. And then if you're on the opposite side, if you're on the company side, you need to allow people to talk about their habits, uh, to talk about their environment, what they enjoy doing. And that's not from nine to five, Monday to Friday. That's with their family members. That's Saturday and Sunday. That's holidays, all of these bits and pieces. And learn about that. Learn.
0: Awesome. I, 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 I want to I shift gears a little bit um, because, uh, as you know, the show is called Fulfilling Work Life. Yeah. And, uh, um, what, what I'm really interested in is trying to understand what are the common denominators uh, of the people that I interview that make their work something that's passionate uh, for them. Uh, and and you can tell when someone is not really passionate about the work that they do or if, if for some reason they are still like figuring it out. It's not that they are yeah. not doing what they love. It's just perhaps there is something about what they are doing that they, yeah. they don't yet enjoy as much. Um, in, in your journey, what are some of the things that have made your job uh, enjoyable, that mm-hmm. make what you do today something that you just don't even Consider it work. You just—I yeah. mean—it's—it is work, uh, but but you are just—you uh, know—getting things done, and you are making an impact. You are—you are you're making a dent in the world. Uh, what are those things that, that make that work fulfilling for you?
1: I'll—I'll I'll make a, a very smarty pants comment, actually—a quote: "Know thyself." That's the—that's the first thing I would say. Know who you are. Start with your own values, with your own needs, with your own interests, and obviously strengths. Now, one thing that, uh, now I'm coming from the tech space, from the tech world, and I'm sure that the audience will be coming from different backgrounds as well, but it's totally okay to make mistakes. If you're completely risk averse, you're not going to learn. You learn through the grind. You learn through the difficult moments. Um, I've been through burnout I know how it feels Uh, despite me being psychologist and knowing all this stuff, being self-aware and so on. I work still with counselor to help me understand better my coping mechanisms. So first thing first, know yourself, understand what makes you tick. Do not make sacrifices with your values because that's exactly the mistake I've made before. And that led to um, um, incredible sadness. Um, and disappointment and that completely ruins your confidence right Uh, you are the master of your own um, story that's my second thing Um, no one else you can't hold, hold anyone else responsible for your misery or for your happiness it's very easy to point fingers at someone and say the company is not doing this this and this how do you evaluate what you can learn and are you open to actually hear feedback so my journey now and I I haven't been happier, to be honest, because um, last year was all about understanding what Vox Advisory is, and how can I make a living, and I was having tons of ideas, and you actually, when you're an entrepreneur, you actually end up working a lot longer hours, yay, now I work nearly seven days a week, however, I'm my own boss, yesterday, the weather was amazing, instead of working, I sat in my garden, sunbathing. no one can tell me anything, if I lose money, it's on me. If I win money, again, you learn how to appreciate every single euro that comes into your account. Because to be honest, let's be completely frank. When you are on a salary, you know the salary comes on the 27th every month. You get uh, free food, uh, insurance, blah, blah, blah. and You kind of take it for granted, right? At some point, you will take it for granted. Try that when you have no idea how the next month will look like. That's the grind. And through the grind, you learn that you're stronger than ever and that you're much more capable. Now that brings joy in my life. Uh, The control, the fact that I know myself, I choose who to work with. If someone um, makes me feel like they're toxic people, goodbye. No compromise with that. I don't want your money. They're toxic money. (laughs)
0: Uh, and that is, that, is, that is fantastic because it's something that I, I – this is the second time in the last 24 hours that I've heard that. Uh, last wow. l- Yesterday, I, I just saw a quote from someone that said, you know, um, stay away from negativity, stay away from toxicity, stay away from critical uh, uh, judgment or judgmental people. And one might think, oh, but judgmental people, you know, they help you improve. It's like, there are hundreds of ways to improve. So, like, do, do not, like, the moment you smell, and this is something that I had to learn, it's like the moment I smell toxicity, I'm out like of course and, and and I think everyone needs to understand this as well it's not that it magically disappears sometimes yeah. you need to have a tough conversation sometimes there are ripple effects of that sometimes you know two years three years later there might be another instance when that toxicity comes back and someone tells you something and it triggers something and then all of a sudden you remember I don't want to be in that yeah. place so I want to take myself out of that place and taking yourself out of that place really it's going to allow you to have that control that you're mentioning about. And I wanted to ask you about this, Rodina, because for those that perhaps are not entrepreneurs, uh, those Mm. that might not be full freelancers, they, they they want to be part of a team and they, they want yeah. to be on a salary and it gives them stability and all of that. Um, I think the important aspect is control. You mentioned it. You have found control and you're an entrepreneur, so that's amazing. Uh, I'm trying to find control as well, but let's say I'm not an entrepreneur. Yes. I, I cannot be my own boss mm. in the sense of owning a company. How can I be the own boss of what I do? without having to be the boss of the company so that people don't (laughs) misunderstand being the boss as like, okay, you're the boss. It's like, no, no, no. We're talking about being the boss of your own life and your own, uh, uh, the the things that you are doing. So how would you help someone um, who still consider himself or herself trapped into the, like, call it the the rat race and does not know how Mm. to like take control of, of their environment?
1: Yeah. And you'll be surprised. That's so freaking common, unfortunately. And, and I, I've been there. I've done that. And I know how it feels. Like you're sucked into that routine. And that's why the rat race is, is exactly, or like hamster wheel, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it. It just drains you. It absolutely sucks the soul out of you. And in the end of the day, again, if you don't stop it, no one else will do it for you. One thing that I would say, and maybe I'm biased, but I honestly believe this can support you a lot of us might have support system our family and friends uh, mentors um, they might be mentors themselves so they might be mentees Um, so that's one thing but you really sometimes need professional support and guidance that's why I I, am completely open when I say that I do work with counselor for the, the last four years exactly because I want to make sure I am getting the best out of my time and it's okay to need help. We're not built to be constantly hundred percent. Like no one is hundred percent. Even if you look at all of these successful people, well, Elon Musk, I'm not sure if he's a human being, but that's not a question. Um, but all of them, they have established routine practice that includes looking after your mind, your body and your soul. None of them will, be, will, will tell you, again, except of Elon Musk, uh, will tell you, work hard and that's all. No, that's not the case. You, you need to figure out what is the, the balance. Um, a lot of companies offer, you know, the mindfulness, the yoga, the apps, all of this jazz. That's not enough anymore. We live in an environment where there's too much noise. Too much noise. And that's not sufficient. It's uh, how you eat, how you sleep, all of this stuff that people keep repeating. And and I still struggle with that as well because I'm trying to be healthy, but sometimes it just doesn't happen, which is totally fine. Sports, exercising, um, uh, monitoring your consumption of alcohol, cigarettes, uh, coffee, all this stuff. You are a complex system. Your complex system and and mind, body and soul are intertwined. If you look only after one thing, which is the body, let's say, food and drinks and exercise, and the others are suffering, well, good luck. You're not going to find a balance. Um, You need to bring the joy and the curiosity back in your life, one way or another. We all have different systems that make us stick. But my biggest say would be if you are an employee stuck in that routine, but you want to feel happy again. Figure out what brings joy into your life every single day. Small joys, small joys, like finding a recipe for a brownie. I don't know. I learned how to make bread in this COVID. I'm actually thankful for the COVID because I managed to figure out how to make a sourdough bread. So there are are silver linings out of that.
0: And I would say find, find, find out what gives you joy and identify very quickly what doesn't. Oh yeah. That thing that doesn't just like, just <laughs> eliminate it. Like find a, a elimination gun for the things that don't bring joy to your life. Like, and, and then it comes back to that thing that we were mentioning, right? Like toxic and yeah. negative people around yourself, right? If you, if you are able to eliminate those from your life, do it. Um, if you're not able to do that for whatever reason, you have to work it out. Like you have mm-hmm. to go through the grind, and through the grind, you'll be yeah. able to, to to get that experience. And I'm gonna I'm gonna mention what you were saying about like Elon Musk. He might not seem human, but I am pretty sure that w- even within his hyperproductive like self, there are things that give him joy. Uh, and you've oh, seen yeah. him tweeting, and then he tweets something that's absolutely outrageous. I I assume. He just finds it so hilarious. Like he just he just goes and then he's like, what, what are they going to say? I just want yes. to see what this is going to create. I think that's a game Absolutely. for him. Absolutely. Like when he social posts something. That social exactly. experiment, it's, it's, a, it's a totally a game for him. So I think we all have like our one or two things that we really mm-hmm. enjoy doing and or the one mm-hmm. or two things that we really don't enjoy doing. Um, and I would say sometimes we got to do some things that we don't enjoy to do the oh, things that things. we enjoy um i for yeah. example hate accounting uh, stuff mm-hmm. right it's like okay we have to pay this but not that i don't enjoy paying but it's just like the money is there someone go find it give it yeah. to someone else like i don't like doing that what i enjoy the most personally yeah. is creating right from zero to one like this mm-hmm. conversation did not exist the knowledge yes. that we are building here oh did not God. exist. And I love that feeling. So that drives me every day. I wake up every day very excited. Excited about the fact that I'm gonna be here talking to yeah. someone that knows more than I do. Um, yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much, Radina, for joining us. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna open up, G- guys. Please please go ahead. Continue putting the questions in there. We're gonna open up for questions in just a little bit. Um. Uh, but Radina, uh, you've been so gracious with your time. <laughs> you've been so patient. I think you should come back at some point. I'm pr- I'm pretty sure the audience agrees with that. You need to come back. We need to talk more about uh, other topics. We'll figure out another yes, topic yeah. for you in the future. Uh, but um, uh- how about, how about we talk about, um, you know, the reality of remote work today? Um, mm-hmm. I know some people um, might be thinking about coming back, and that is fantastic. In fact, I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to the moment where I can go to a co-working space and also yeah. meet other people. But I know that might be challenging as well, um, you know, to, to, to engage again in social interaction, um, mm-hmm. especially in the work area. Uh, what, would you, what, what would you advise us, um, you know, when we are thinking about, you know, coming back? To the office the physical space to to meet with other team members what, what tips could you give us to say hey you know approach it in this way so that you're not all of a sudden uh frustrated uh tired and then you don't find your work enjoyable anymore because you you had enjoyed being at home so much so what would you suggest we we, we do or how do we approach this new phase that we're going to be yeah. living through
1: well in all honesty i think we're never going to go back to the real norm I mean, the, there'll be a new norm. Um, and for better or for worse, we should accept that. What, like, I know that this is something that probably a lot of you have heard, but there are certain stuff that you can control and others that you can't. And the sooner you realize that, the better it will be for you, because otherwise you just um, put frustration in your soul, in your heart, and, and that it's not going to bring you anywhere. So if we think about whenever we go back to an office space, I think the trust is a bit broken now because with that social distancing concept being put in our head, the two meter distance and all of this stuff, it will take some time for us to rebuild our trust to other humans. Um, and one thing that I would strongly encourage is that you need to talk openly about it. Now, that's one thing that I always keep saying. You need to be, and especially we, talk, we spoke about toxic people and we spoke about handling them. And I know that certain times you can't escape difficult conversations or difficult people. But if you are not true to who you are and what you feel, you're just going to go back to anger and frustration sooner or later um and and i've seen that i've seen how that converts into sicknesses and illnesses and depression and so on and so forth so my advice is always sit together have an open human to human interaction don't expect that you go back to the same old commute to the same old buildings and people that you see things are not going to be the same and and you're going to feel different we are all different we're all impacted regardless of whether that thing continues or you know it's it stops at some point so be open talk about the the struggle talk about how you perceive things talk about the awkwardness that you feel um vulnerability is an incredible tool an incredible tool for leaders for individuals um being who you are and being open about it nothing better that can you know take that uh, weirdness off your chest right you don't want to hold that fear anger awkwardness frustration whatever you want to call it we all hold mixture of emotions right sit down together with different people ask them how are you handling that I'm, I'm, I'm still confused it's still so weird right we, we can't, like when you shake people's hands you'll be like Did they wash their hands? Oh my gosh, where is my uh, antibacterial gel? Honestly, that'll be our thought. And that's fine. You know, it's okay. It's going to take some time.
0: And thank you. I think, I think that's, that's that's what we should all try to to think about. Like, let's be patient. It's going to take some time. Uh, yeah. I want to start answering some questions. If you guys have some questions, please start putting it in there. I'm going to start with the one that Walter um, Pinter put in there because it's related to what you were mentioning, uh, which mm-hmm. is you know, sometimes you, you have to interact with people. You are forced to interact with people. Uh, I, I personally will start by saying, like, Walter, yes, you sometimes have to because it's your boss or is your mother. Um, at the end of the day, you have some decisions to take. So it's, it's, it will always be up to you. But I'm going to let the professional to actually yes. answer that.
1: <laughs> I absolutely agree with what you said, Eddie. Like you can't avoid these conversations. And as much as the child in me wants to avoid every single client that is toxic or every single conversation that is a bit difficult, a part of me knows, well, that's a reality. You know, you have to learn how to deal with that. And you have to make sure that at least you go to some kind of a compromise, okay? It's, it should be win-win situation to a certain extent, okay? Meet me halfway. Think about it. And um, I've advised a lot of my, my clients, particularly founders, because they, take, they tend to take a lot of stuff very personally because it's their baby. Um, and I try to... Ask them, okay, you need to take a step back sometimes, you know, count to five before you answer and think about why is the other person behaving in that way? What's happening? What's going on? Maybe you need to pause this conversation and have another one. How are you feeling? Is everything okay? Can I help you? Like, I'm I'm very much a fan of going back to the basics and the routine of every conflict is I'm not hurt. My, my opinion is not appreciated. Or I want to be the boss. I want to be in control. I'm scared. Ultimately, this is the root of all conflicts. It's not my, I, I want my way or the highway. No, behind that is fear. Fear of losing control. Fear of losing authority. Try to understand that. Try to understand. And put yourself in the shoes of the others. Like that's empathy 101. I'm 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 still struggle with that like as I said coming from Eastern Europe I'm used to telling people what to do (laughs) but that's that's why I'm a good teacher I'm not a good coach um but um again like try to figure out how how can I meet you okay even even stop at some point the conflict okay how can I meet you halfway What can we do so that both sides are happy? That would immediately shut down the other person who is uh, very agitated and and angry. And it will be like, oh, okay, so they're trying to understand me, right? Small things like that, it takes time. Trust me, you're not going to do it tomorrow, especially as Eddie said to your mother, that will be difficult, okay? But try to practice, you know, that's what I can say.
0: That's awesome! Thank you so much. It's like go go back to basics and remember what the yeah. root of all conflict is. Go back to basics, uh, and and you're right. It's almost. Uh, like looking into it as if we are practicing every time, yeah. every difficult situation. You start noticing your patterns, and when you start noticing your patterns, um, that's that's why I, I also recommend you know counseling. And some some people might not need it. That is fantastic if you don't need it, yeah. you can do it on your own. But at the end of the day, you're self counseling. <laughs> you are still doing the same thing, which is start looking at your patterns. Yeah. How where are you exploding? Mm-hmm. When are you becoming irrational? Yeah. When is your feeling your fear of losing control coming into play and and try to understand how can you either navigate those situations from here on or how can you eliminate those situations from your life if you can eliminate them fantastic if you cannot you're forced to be in there you need to find what Rodin is mentioning you need to find a compromise Rodina, Loreto Loreto wants to understand what do you mean by uh, uh, can you explain a little bit about Elon Musk what is your thinking (laughs) around Elon Musk (laughs)
1: oh bless him i um i have nothing against the guy okay uh, but I, i'm i'm like being on linkedin constantly i do follow different people and i do follow elon musk i have his biography here um um in in my library i just feel that he does a lot and i don't think he sleeps and he actually i've, I've read a lot of um, interviews and articles about him he just operates on a on a whole different level so that's why I felt um, if, if you know a bit more about um, his story in comparison to other multi millionaires and uh, rich people and famous people he is the one that stands out to me same with with Steve Jobs but He's not alive anymore, so probably I wouldn't. It wouldn't be smart to make a comparison like that. So I was just um, thinking about, you know, what I've read about other, like other people, like Warren Buffett, like Bill Gates, uh, like um, um, Alima. Uh, no, what was his name? Um, I'm so bad with names. Gosh, Alibaba's owner. Yeah, ja- Jack Ma. Jack Ma. No? Jack, jack ma Mark. amazing guy uh, as well um he he talks about resilience hard working all this stuff but all of these guys are um incorporating you know stuff for for the soul for the mind and i've never seen anything <laughs> coming from Elon musk about the soul um except of one show with with joe rogan but that's another story <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed that one as well. So we have some 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 quick questions for you. How do you implement yeah. com- company culture? This is from Flaminia Buddha. Um, do you use Slack? How how is it how is it done? How do you implement company culture?
1: Amazing. Yes, and and that's one of my favorite topics. Now, um, I think it was exactly Warren Buffett. Um, culture is strategy for breakfast. So your culture of your organization should be embedded in, in everything that you do, in your, the way you do business, in your product, in your sales, in how you hire people, how you treat people, how you manage them, how you promote them. OK, um, so when it comes to remote culture, now that's a, a, a bit different giant because exactly what we've been talking earlier about. You don't have physical interaction. You don't build the chemistry that way. You build chemistry through looking in a in a small box where you know that people are in different places um, and you have to push a lot harder. Yes, I've seen Slack and there are lots of actually Slack bots that have been created recently um, about onboarding, about matching people based on interest. Donut is a a good example of that. Um, Loads of other small programs. Um, I actually heard, and I was chatting to a US startup that is thinking about um, creating a bit more empathy through Slack. Um, So yes, Slack is a great tool. Without a doubt, it shouldn't be the only one. Um, I've heard um, about other tools that incorporate Uh, both video conversation chat and like live board so basically mural if you've heard of mural which is like online um um, whiteboard that you can use for ideas zoom and Slack in one so obviously you have to be smart uh also about the amount of tools that you're using remotely because right now what happens with this small startup their team of five and they have probably like six different tools and that's insane like it's, and they're occasionally not talking to one another the different tools so be very smart you might want to invest a bit more but get like all in versus having 15 different tools and trying to navigate accordingly right i hope that's helpful um you need to have culture ambassadors for sure which means People that are really embodying your values, your environment, people that can be buddies, people that can lead different initiatives, even birthday calendars, small stuff like that. But communication is key. In every remote company that I have worked with and that I have admired and I still admire, communication is put on a pedestal.
0: Excellent. Question from Keisha. How has COVID affected you and your business?
1: <laughs> to be honest... And I feel incredibly lucky, privileged, um, fortunate, call it whatever, but my business is actually going up uh, in the COVID. And probably because I've already been in remote and that was my choice. So I am pretty used to this environment. It wasn't a big shock for me. And because my realm, um, the HR and LinkedIn, they can be done virtually without any problem. And a lot of the times people now... Uh, realize oh I need to boost my LinkedIn presence whether it's individually whether it's as a company or people want to um, improve their interviewing skills so this is this is my bread and butter and I actually am busier than ever I'm booked almost until September which is amazing I can't complain as I said Um, but on the flip side there were loads of events that were supposed to be live events and Um, I do love public speaking. I do um, enjoy that a lot. It comes naturally. And unfortunately, these kind of events were canceled, as we all know, um, or postponed. So, of course, I am impacted, but thank God, not dramatically as other industries.
0: Excellent. And last but not least, from Henry Velasquez, Uh, he's talking about toxic people. Um, Mm -hmm. And he he has a question about, is, is there... Are there particular cultures with a tendency of toxicity? And is this something that's also gender oriented? Um, Yeah.
1: Interesting. Um, When it comes to the gender oriented, I kind of have an assumption. I don't like assuming things. So maybe a bit of context would be helpful. But there, um, yeah, it's difficult to answer. Very good question. It's, it's, it's uh, not really often that I can't answer questions. Now, if I look at my experience, there are definitely organizations that are a bit more focused on profit and sales and revenue versus people. And even though they wouldn't say it out loud, they would never probably, um, my impressions are that they prioritize success over people Um, and that can be converted to a toxic environment um, and it suits certain types of people okay i'm not gonna say which gender um because there are always exceptions but i would say these types of cultures and organizations they do attract certain type of personality this is what i have seen um And yes, unfortunately, there are organizations that uh, when they attract these certain types of people, they create very um, homogenous environments. So people are very alike to one another, right? So it looks like you're working in a factory where they're producing exactly the same model over and over, right? So there is no, no real diversity nor belonging. There is inclusion because if you're like us, yeah, we like you but there is no diversity. So that's my politically
0: correct answer. Excellent. Thank you so much. And I I agree with that. There there are types of personalities that have certain tendencies and we are all part of that, right? I have my personality that has certain tendencies that I have to work towards uh, improving and we all have to. So I think, think, uh, you know, you could be the toxic person. And, and it's very interesting because in all of the ancient books, and when I talk ancient sure. books and talk, you know, the Bible, the Quran, like all of those different ancient books, there are a, a lot of intrinsic truths in them. And and in some of them, like usually what, what you know, religious people and I, I would include myself in there what we do is that we think we are the protagonist of the story when we are supposed to be the bad person you are the bad one you're not the good one so when we're talking about toxicity we should start thinking are we the talk to- am i the 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 cause of toxicity in in the environment where i am at it's my personality yeah. one that it's fostering that toxicity and i think we all have to work on those things so oh, i don't yeah. Thank you so, 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 so much, um, for, for the time that you have provided us. Thank you so much for, uh, uh being with us. I think, uh, everyone has agreed that you need to come back to the show. Uh, hopefully also the version in Spanish that we're going to get started in a couple of weeks. Um, uh, oh, maybe Lord. you can join, uh, you, you can, you can practice your, your Espanol. Um, but I want to thank everyone who has joined us today. Wendy, Robert, uh, Loreto, Maria Clara, uh, Kesha, Jose Daniel, um, uh, uh, Henry, I will call them the usual suspects that are always around. Uh, thank you so much, guys, for joining us once again. Please, 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 it would do us a huge favor if you can go on Instagram, uh, find We Are Torre, follow us, find Vox Advisory follow us. Go on Facebook, follow us. Go on LinkedIn, follow us. I'm very uh, happy that some of you have added that yesterday after we made the note. Some of you added me on Facebook, on LinkedIn. So I'm super happy for that. Very grateful. So find us. Find Radina. I'm not even going to try to answer your (laughs) last name. I'm going to try. Wait. Radina Medielkova.
1: Oh, it's actually very good, Eddie. Very
0: good. I I was in Sofia uh, two years ago, actually, uh, for a conference. It was amazing. I loved it. Uh, Yeah. And you know what I tried there? Sorry for the vegetarians, but I try uh, chicken hearts. Uh, It's it's like a a traditional (laughs) thing there. And then there's a white soup that you eat also. I had that like at 3 a.m. in the morning. Tardor. Yeah. so i'm not gonna oh, I'm not gonna my say gosh. why i was having that at 3 a.m in the morning but uh these are lecture, uh,
1: l- national treasures absolutely. Yeah. absolutely there you go <laughs> i i had it all
0: 3 a.m in the morning in bulgaria <laughs> but thank you uh thank you all of you thank you aaron for your comments kesha uh please again follow us uh linkedin thank you. twitter yeah. facebook um And we are going to take some of this content, some of these nuggets that we have heard from Radina, and we're going to put them out there in podcast format, in short video format. So I think it's going to do us an amazing good if you can like those and comment those. You have commented a lot today, and I'm super happy that you guys have done that. So Radina, thank you so much. Uh, We will drop the links um, maybe tomorrow. Uh, but once again, just, just follow us on Instagram, uh, we are yeah. Torre, and then if you find we are Torre, I've put uh, some uh, nice clips uh, for Radina in there, uh, so <laughs> go, go check them out, <laughs> you will see, I did that as, as she was talking, so um, that's amazing, so we have Marvin, yeah, we have Marvin tomorrow, he has worked for 500 startups, uh, he's a VC angel investor, and just as a, as a um, Uh, A note, guys, I don't know if you know uh, Simon Sinek, right? Um, His right hand, uh, Steven uh, Shedletsky, he's going to be joining us uh, May 21st. So he's going to be here and we're going to be talking about the infinite mindset. So you're you're all super, super invited. I'm very happy with what's happening with Fulfilling Work Life. And Radina, you're going to come back to this show.
1: Oh, I appreciate it so much. It was a lot of fun. Thank you, everyone, for the thoughtful questions as well. It's not just random questions. They were very good. Um, good luck, everyone. Stay safe, stay home, and stay positive.
0: Okay. Bye-bye, everyone.
1: Thank you. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening, and remember to share, like, and comment if this content brought value to your life. You can find us on social media as We Are Torre. Explore more content at blog.torre.co. See you around.